check, mic check, mic check, one, two, one, two, yes indeed, we back for another episode, it's a taste to consider podcast, I'm ready, let's go. It's a taste to consider podcast. We back for another episode. Let's go. Yes, it's a taste to consider podcast. to consider podcast. Yes, we back for another episode. It's a taste to consider podcast. Let me intro the show. We gonna get into it. We definitely need all this shit to crash down. All this shit going on in the world. These fucking politicians, corrupt ass niggas. Shit. The corrupt systems in place. These fucked up narratives that got us in the stranglehold. Our mental, our emotional. All that shit need to come crashing down. But hey, this is what it takes to consider podcast is about. To give you many tastes to consider to start the process of all this shit to crash down. It's a taste to consider podcast. I'm your host, Derek Silver. The taste 
of a taste to consider podcast, the podcast of many tastes. Let's go. Yes, indeed, we are back for another episode. First, I want to shout out all the folks who listened to last week's episode, Psychopaths Part 2, as well as the folks who watched it on YouTube. Shout out to all the folks on YouTube, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, um, burp number one, already four minutes in. Amazon, wherever you listen to it at. I'm not on social media right now. Shout out to all the folks who have hit me up. Since they've noticed I haven't been on social media to check on me, I'm still here live and direct. Yes, you see, the asses wouldn't have been asking that question if they was actually... <laughs> following the podcast on the streaming services and on YouTube or following my blog, greatestiamblog.com. Two current blogs up there right now. I am a master as well as I am persistent. Yes, I am still here live and direct. We coming to you for another episode where I am coming to you. But y'all here with me, so we'll say we. Yes. Shout out to, once again, all the folks who hit me up about last uh, week's episode, all the kudos, all that good stuff, the comments, criticisms, whatever, you know. Shout out to all of that. So, yeah, we back for another episode. Mm. And I honestly wasn't going, I I wasn't feeling it today. I don't know because I was kind of tired after my workout or what. I wasn't feeling it. Shit, up like up. See, I'm yawning right now. Yeah, I had a um intense workout today in the gym. Um, yeah, so um, I was tired, but I came across something. I came across a clip. <laughs> um, that revved me up. <laughs> so once we get to that clip. Um, yeah, I'll mention it. I'll, I'll mention it again. <laughs> Why I decided to record today. And for the long time listeners, y'all already know when I, when I always talk about how if I'm not feeling it, it don't work out for me. And that is according to my human design, all the folks that's into human design. Um, y'all know what I'm talking about. I'm a manifesting generator. So, um, yeah part of my manifesting generator design is um i gotta be feeling it in order to do it but coming across that clip revved my ass up and it was also confirmation to get your ass down here and in the tasting room and go ahead and record (laughs) so i'm here i'm back all the folks who don't know what human design is look it up um googles do your googles youtube all that good stuff um Maybe I'll do a show on it one day. Um, Yeah, but I'm here. So speaking of last week's episode, Psychopaths Part 2, yeah, I was still thinking a lot about um, the Lauren London uh, interview and, you know, just that conversation overall about the ego and you know, um, the death of the ego and how, you know, I understood what she was saying. And a lot of people say it. Um, 
And it was at one time that, you know, when, when I started introducing myself to uh, spirituality and certain aspects of spirituality, that's something that I came across a lot. But, you know, um, in my further, you know, um, time reading and, you know, watching videos and learning things or whatever, that the ego is necessary. It's just about, you know, just like with anything out here, you have to find that healthy balance of, you know, your your ego. Because it serves a purpose. It serves a human purpose, as I was saying uh, last week. But, yeah, um, just thinking about that whole interview and some of the things that she was talking about and um, and just how the fact that, you know, when when you don't have that healthy balance between, you know, your your uh, ego and stuff like that and how just being so caught up into this world and just looking things totally from a human aspect or majority majority wise uh human aspect that you can get truly caught up into your ego where it comes to you know competing against each other or comparing yourself or being fearful and you know having hate and all that other stuff and resentment all that you know all those those negative aspects on on life and being like totally um entrenched in those feelings and those thoughts and stuff that is you know that unhealthy side of an ego and not really having a balance and um and just you know the healthy the healthy side of of an ego is you know having humility um but you know not totally um disregarding you know having confidence in yourself as well you know finding that balance between things like that and stuff especially you know in this world dealing with people and how um social media is is so important seems to be so important to people um in this world and you know uh trying to find validation and the likes and getting attention and stuff like that, that once that ego gets, you know, built up in a, in a manner that you can't separate healthy and unhealthy and you, you just totally down this, this, um, you got them blinders on and you don't see nothing but straight ahead. I'm going shit on people and, I don't care about, you know, nobody else's feelings. I'm I'm only going to worry about myself type attitude. It could be a hard, a, a difficult road to to get out of when you're actually um get into a situation where you where somebody humbles you or a situation humbles you or something like that. You know, it can be just like a total um bombshell or you know, uh, uh uh an emotional like an emotional or mental bomb to your to your system <laughs> but yeah um the ego man yeah the the ego uh is a is 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 very interesting 
Um, I forgot, and I wish I, I wish I had the paper on me right now. That joint is all the way upstairs. I'm in the basement. It's the paper all the way upstairs. This is um, pastor, spiritual leader, um, Michael Beckwith, and he had a. Um, He had he had a um an interpretation of ego and I wish I had the paper with me and it's upstairs and I was I was taking notes one day when I was listening to one of his sermons and the interpretation that he had of the ego just um I thought it was perfect, but I ain't got it with me and it's all the way upstairs. And I'm not in the I don't feel like doing all this extra editing where I have to pause the recorder, then go pause the camera and run upstairs and do all that. I don't feel like doing all of that. But, yeah, um, let me see where I'm going to start this episode. Um, I didn't write out an outline, but I have plenty of stuff for you. Yes. um, Let me see. Let me go through this phone. Um, all right. Um, let me start here. It makes it makes sense just to start here since this just came out, and um. Although I, I I I've been saying I haven't been on social media, I had I do get on social media. I'll say that, but what I've done is I um uh curated my timeline in a way where I only see the pages that I I find I get some of my content from for the show. So when I get on there. I only see these certain pages and nothing else. I see these the these the on, the only pages I see are the pages that I I usually find clips and content from or inspirational things. Um so me being on social media, not being on social media is mostly having to do with um you know, I'm not I haven't been posting or my my shows or marketing my shows or or just, you know, um on there leisurely i only get on there um for show content and stuff and i curated my timeline to be that way in order to keep me away from the things that i want to keep myself away from for the time being um like i said i may talk about it on on one of these episodes i mean but honestly i've i've mentioned it plenty of times on other episodes and the the past two episodes but I haven't really gone in depth on it yet I'm not sure if I feel I feel comfortable sharing that as of now and I know I sh- I, I share a lot of things um and I'm vulnerable a lot on on my podcast and stuff like that but usually it takes a while for me to become vulnerable enough to share certain things and I go through a whole mental process where I'm, um, I'm, I'm actually 
like having the conversations myself and picturing myself sitting in on the couch in front of the microphone and having these conversations and stuff like that. And I go through a lot of mind games with myself as far as, you know, I got, you know, y'all seen the cartoons back in the day. You got your you got the the two people on, on your shoulders, the good one and the bad one. And that's sort of the thing <laughs> that I go through in my mind at times when I'll be playing out certain scenarios and stuff like that. Because I, I talked about it before is like how I can be overly analytical and at times be an overthinker and stuff like that. So, yeah, but we're going to start right here with um, Will Smith. Yes. If you know, he uh, released an, an apology to um, Chris Rock. So I'm going to play the uh, apology video. Let me pull this up. Why didn't you apologize to Chris in your acceptance speech? Um, I was fogged out by that point. It's, 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 it's all fuzzy. I've reached out to Chris um, and the, mes the message that came back is that uh, he's not ready to talk. And when he is, he will reach out. Um, so I will, I will say to you, um, Chris, I apologize to you. Uh, my behavior was unacceptable and I'm here whenever you're ready to talk. Um, I, I want to apologize to Chris's mother. I saw an interview that Chris's mother did and you know, that was one of the things about that moment. I just didn't realize, and you know, I wasn't thinking, but how many people got hurt in that moment. So I want to uh, apologize to Chris's mother. I want to apologize to uh, Chris's family, uh, specifically Tony Rock. You know, we had a great relationship. You know, Tony Rock was my man. Um, and uh, this, this is this is probably irreparable. Um, I spent the last three months um, replaying and understanding the nuances and and the complexities of what happened in in that moment. Um, and I'm not going to try to unpack all of that right now, but I can say to all of you, there is no part of me that thinks that was the right way to behave in that moment. There's no part of me that thinks that's the optimal way to handle a feeling of disrespect or, or insults. 
after Jada rolled her eyes, did she tell you to do something? No. Um, it's like, you know, I'm, I made a choice on my own from my own experiences, from my history with Chris. Jada had nothing to do with it. Uh, I'm sorry, babe. Um, I want to say sorry to my, my kids and, and my family for the heat that I brought on all of us. Um, to all my fellow nominees, you know, this is a community. It's like I won because you, you voted for me. And it, it, it really breaks my heart to have stolen and, and tarnished, tarnished your moment. Um, I can still see Quest Love's eyes. You know, it, it happened on Quest Love's uh, award. And, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry really isn't sufficient. What would you say to the people who looked up to you before the slap or people who expressed that you let them down? Um, so there's two things. One, um, disappointing people is my central trauma. Um, I hate when I let people down. Um, so it, it hurts. Uh, it hurts me psychologically and emotionally to know I didn't live up to uh, people's image and impression of me. And the work I'm trying to do is I am deeply remorseful and I'm trying to be remorseful without being ashamed of myself, right? I'm human and I made a mistake and I'm trying not to think of myself as a piece of shit. Um, so I would say to those people, I know it was confusing. I know it was shocking. Um, but I, I promise you, I am uh, deeply devoted and committed to putting light and love and joy into the world. And, you know, if you, if you hang on, I promise we'll be able to be friends again. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's the apology. And as you know, I how I do it. Um, I play it fully, and then I go back through it. But I'll speak on my first impressions of the video first. My first impressions of it was, why is it so performative? Why is it so staged? And I and I can care less, um, honestly, um, about like if he gave an apology or not, because honestly, <laughs> I didn't have no problem with what he did in the first place. But since he did give an apology, 
I kind of felt like him doing it this way speaks to a lot of what caused the the initial incident in the first place. Him having to be so perfect, everything having to be so structured, routine, and performative, and clean cut to keep a certain image of him that he fell under the pressure of all of that. Because after having time to sit with the apology and thinking about uh, Will Smith's career and I'm still reading his book and everything. And after watching the the documentary on YouTube, I look at Will like he's the the real he's living a real life Truman show. Like if anybody's seen the Truman show with Jim Curry, I feel like that's Will Smith's life right there. <laughs> um, everything is controlled around him. Everything is is being made to keep an image. And, you know, anytime that he wakes up or tries to retreat from the way things always been done and stuff, his handlers come and try to rein him in. And this time they couldn't. So now it becomes a task of trying to reintroduce him to the world. You know, because like even this apology coming when it when it's when it came, like he has some projects that's about to come out. So it's kind of like his handlers are releasing him, reintroducing himself to the public to see how the public will receive him. And they will gauge off of if it's the right time to move forward with whatever else that they're working on but i'm gonna go back through the video because i thought it was some interesting and telling things in it and and things that i resonated with as me being a person that has gone through depression at one time and still struggles with my anxiety and social anxiety so let me play the clip once again and and we'll go from there First, first off, before they even get into apology, like me speaking on the performative aspect of it, um, like where he gave the apology, it was just all perfectly manicured and everything like that. They even had on the the little end table that was beside him the uh, water that his son Jaden is. Um, a part of so this is what i'm talking about like everything being curated and they still um place the advertisement <laughs> in in this apology with him having because he didn't pick up the water and drink it or anything but it was sitting there on the <laughs> on the end table like they could have just had a glass of water there but they made it a point to have it in that bottle that everybody knows and sees it's even like I'm looking at it now when I pause the video. It's even a picture that they 
uh, highlighted highlighted during the moment that he sat down in the chair where um, I can't read the I can't read the uh, the the picture um, perfectly. But in big letters, it says love is the cure. So, see, this is what I'm talking about right here. This is programming They They put in messages in places for you to see to push you to have forgiveness for will, you know, to have sympathy, empathy. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't, but I'm saying they're setting it up. This is they do this all the time in Hollywood, TV, movies. They program you by putting things in places. You, you may not consciously see them or hear them, but your subconscious does and you will remember it. Yeah, okay. Now I see the 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 picture clearly. It says uh the world is sick. Love is the cure. But the world is sick is in small letters. Love is the cure is in big letters. Why didn't you apologize to Chris in your acceptance speech? Um, I was fogged out by that point. It's, 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 it's all fuzzy. I've reached out to Chris um, and the, mes the message that came back is that uh, he's not ready to talk. And when he is, he will reach out. Um, so I will I will say to you, um, Chris. He look he just looks so uncomfortable in this video, and it just I just be like, damn, man, I feel I feel bad for this dude because he always looks uncomfortable in these moments, and it it speaks to why a lot of people in, publicly make jokes and stuff about him because it's like. It's almost like that he's always in this remorseful or sad um, state. I wish you would have did this like even I'm, I'm fine with, you know, you doing a public apology and, you know, doing it, you know, by yourself or whatever. But for you to sit there and answer questions in in this. In this apology. Why wouldn't you just, you know, just have an interviewer? Why wouldn't you just, you know, somebody that you trusted interview you and ask you, you know, go do an interview with somebody you trust and, and answer these questions? It was kind of kind of weird for me to see him sit here and answer questions that were placed up on the screen by himself, but. It's not a big deal. I apologize to you. Uh, my behavior was unacceptable. And I'm here whenever you're ready to talk. Um, I, I want to apologize to Chris's mother. I saw an interview that Chris's mother did and you know, that was one of the things about that moment. I just didn't realize and, you know, I wasn't thinking, but how many people got hurt in that moment. So I want to uh, apologize to Chris's mother. I want to apologize to uh, Chris's family, uh, specifically Tony Rock. You know, we had a great relationship. 
you know, Tony Rock was my man. Um, and uh, this, this, is, this is probably irreparable. Um, I spent the last three months um, replaying and understanding the nuances and, and the complexities of what happened in, in that moment. Um, and I'm not gonna try to unpack all of that right now, but I can say to all of you, there is no part of me that thinks that was the right way to behave in that moment. There's no part of me that thinks that's the optimal way to handle a feeling of disrespect or, or insults. And <laughs> I get what he's saying. I get it. I get it. I get it. For somebody who's made it to the age of 40 years old, a black man has made it to the age of 40 years old. I get it. But thinking about the black man, young man that I used to be. Sometimes you have to smack a nigga <laughs> that disrespects you or insults you. You you have to. It's bound to happen. And not even say you have to, but it's bound to happen. And even me being 40 years old to this day, I still feel that way to a degree. I understand that you have to learn how to control your temper, your urges, your anger, all that other stuff. But sometimes disrespect has to be <laughs> dealt with more disrespect and him slapping Chris Rock in the face. I mean, hey, like I like I said about this situation, I wouldn't have done it right there on the stage during the broadcast. I would have got Chris Rock. I would have met him behind stage, you know, backstage or later on or whatever and slapped the shit out of him. But still, you know what I'm saying? Can't. I just hate the fact that he's always in this remorseful mode. Like sometimes you have to stand on your 10 toes and just be like, hey, I made a mistake. I apologize. If you want to move on, then we can move on. If you don't, then 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 we ain't got to. But hey, you need to understand that what you did was disrespectful and I handled it. You may not have liked it, but hey, put yourself in my shoes and think about it. It can't always be this situation where this you always the person who's feeling remorseful or apologizing and stuff like that because people out here take advantage of that. And he's the classic example just based off of what I've learned about Will Smith from his own words that being a people pleaser, always trying to satisfy everybody and always trying to be likable will get you in spaces where people will intentionally disrespect you. And if you don't speak up and be a man about it or just stand up for yourself, that it will continue. And if you don't do it in the initial part of that disrespect, then it will keep building up inside of you and inside of you. And you will have these moments where you blow up. After Jada rolled her eyes, did she tell you to do something? 
no. Um, it's like, you know, I'm, I made a choice on my own from my own experiences, from my history with Chris. See, so him saying from his own experiences, from his history of, with Chris, and that involved Jada. So I don't know what conversations they had in their personal space, in their home, when Chris Rock has made several jokes about his wife, Jada. But we have to, at some point, believe that she has expressed her um, disdain or dissatisfaction with the things that have, has come out of Chris's mouth. So at some point, it was going to be a blow up if if Will didn't already address it or even if he did address it. And what the rumors say is that this has been addressed before. But obviously, Chris still chose to make a joke. And I'm not sitting here to pick sides or anything like that. But Chris Rock been on some funny shit for a while now, especially when it comes to his own people, making jokes about them, allowing... Uh, White people sit there and use the word nigger around him and all that other stuff. So Chris always been suspect in the past couple of years. But that's neither here or there. I just felt the need to say that. <laughs> Back to the clip. But no, nah, seriously, um, just thinking about sitting here like even the fact that whether – whether we know it or not, and, you know, like I said about Jada, excuse me, Jada's opinions on Chris Rock's jokes in the past and stuff like that. But Will still feels the need to put on a cape for Jada, you know what I'm saying, to make sure that no backlash comes to her and anything like that. And I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with that. But what I'm saying is you don't always have to be taken up for everybody and trying to save everybody. And that's part of that that people-pleasing aspect, that thing of always trying to be likable and have people love you and stuff like that. That's something that I can resonate with on a cert, at a certain portion of my life. Jada had nothing to do with it. Uh, I'm sorry, babe. Um and say sorry to my, my kids and, and my family for the heat that I brought on all of us. Um, that right there. You slapping Chris Rock ain't got nothing to do with your family. It, it ain't no heat on them. Whether it is or not, fuck them people because it shouldn't have been no heat on the family, period. Will is the one who chose to slap Chris Rock. But there and again... He has to put this cape on for everybody to make sure that he saves them and stuff. But then it's like the the the, the one of the famous cliche sayings is, you know what I'm saying? You uh, what is it? I don't know verbatim, but about the you know you you filling up everybody else's cup, but you ain't filling up your own cup. This this classic wheel right here, classic example of of that cliche to all my fellow nominees, you know, this is a community. It's like I won because you, you voted for me. And it, it, it really breaks my heart to have stolen and, and tarnished 
tarnished your moment. Um, I can still see Quest Love's eyes. You know, it, it happened on Quest Love's uh, award, and you know, it's like I'm 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 sorry. Really, isn't sufficient. What would you I don't believe Kanye did all this when he interrupted. Um, <laughs> granted, he didn't slap. Um, whatever her name is. I forgot her name, but he interrupted her speech and did what he did. Said Beyonce had the best album or video, or whatever he said. But like, sometimes you have to just stand on your ten toes, ex accept the responsibility for what you did, and just leave it there. <laughs> like doing all of this is just so. It's sad to me. It really is sad to me, and I know everybody's not going to agree with me. But hey, like I said, that's what a taste to consider is all about. I'm giving you something to consider. It's simple as that. You ain't gotta like it or whatever, but it ain't no. It, it don't have to be that deep. You say to the people who looked up to you before the slap, or people who expressed that you let them down. Um, like why is all that necessary? Like people gonna fall in and out of love or like with you all the time, especially when you a celebrity. Especially when you're a celebrity. Everybody ain't going to like the movies that you make. They're going to trash talk you or whatever. But then five five minutes later, you're going to come out with another movie or a song or a show. Or you're going to post something on social media that's cool. And them same people that was trashing you over the movie or whatever going to be sitting there back, right back in love or like with you again. So there's two things. One... Um it's all about image. It's, just, it's too performative. It, all of this is too performative. And it's just... <laughs> Disappointing people is my central trauma. And there we go right there. Disappointing people is my central trauma. He said it. I already knew it because he talked about it on his YouTube docu docuseries as well as in his book. And that's the main thing that I resonated with. That disappointing people and uh, the people pleasing, making sure that you do everything right in order for people to like you and love you, but you end up still trying so much, worrying about everybody else to make sure that they're comfortable and they're happy and they feel good, that, that, that you still end up fucking up because you're not truly living your life, living your path and all that other stuff. So it's just like, shit. I used to tell myself this shit all the time, especially in the past couple of years. I'm just going to do whatever the hell that I'm going to do, period. Because either either situation, whether I'm trying to please people or I'm being me and all that other stuff, somebody is going to get disappointed. Somebody is not going to like the new me. Somebody is going to uh, still want the old me. Somebody's not going to like the decisions that I'm making now. Somebody's not going to like my outlook on life and all that other stuff. It's crazy because at one point in my life, like it's, I, I got a, I got like a, a beginning, a middle and an end of how my mentality was. The beginning portion of it, like around my, um, well, 
Yeah, the beginning portion, like around like um, when I first started dealing with depression, when I was in high school, that was when I was all in that space of not trying to disappoint people and all that other stuff. People pleasing, trying to worry about people liking me and all that other stuff. And then it came to a point where right after high school, that's when the mentality more so got a little, I got way more aggressive and I was more so me, but it was more anger on top of it where I was just like, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to be this way. That's why I was always getting into some stuff or whatever, because even though I was, I was in the mind frame of, I'm just going to be myself. It was anger on piled on top of it. So then I'm just, Whatever, whatever, whatever. But then it started to mellow out, like, late 20s, early 30s, where I started falling back into that mode of people pleasing, trying to worry about who likes me, who don't, and all that other stuff. Now, I'm on the, on that mentality of, it's whatever. You know, I'm just going, I'm going to do me. But at the same time, I got lingering people pleasing and that disappointing aspect still there so it's like i'm finally in a space now where i know who i am i know the sides of me the places that i can go and i'm trying to find that that healthy that healthy balance (laughs) you know (laughs) um i hate when i let people down um, so it, it hurts. Yeah. Um, just thinking about what we'll say and let me get this ice out of my mouth. And that, that's the place where That's a place that is very difficult for me because I still find myself at times where um, I disappoint people and I will beat myself up for it. Or, you know what I'm saying, I will disappoint myself. I will beat myself up for it. And I will feel guilty and all this other stuff. And I will feel that I have to do this ex- this extra amount of... Uh, proving myself or making up for something or whatever and i'll literally have to talk to myself and bring myself out of that because you know particularly when it comes to um and this this speaks to the the mother wound that i had when it comes to to women and this is just my life period or whatever and just trying to make sure that uh I do this and I do that to prove myself and not look this way because most of my rejection and abandonment have came from women, right? And that makes sense when you think I'm a male and and if you look on it on the other side, most women's um, wounds or their rejection and abandonment comes from what? Men. And it starts from the father. Mine starts from the mother. So that's where... A lot of that stuff come from, but it carries on 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 just in life period. You know, once you get into that that aspect and that mode of 
in that habit of always looking at things this way that it'll seep into every aspect of your life. But yeah, I will be feeling guilty and beat myself up for disappointing somebody, even when it wasn't really my fault. And I knew it wasn't my fault. I I knew it came from, you know what I'm saying? It was mostly the other person's uh way of thinking or how they came up or somebody in their ear or something like that not saying that I ain't play a role in anything because I'm very capable of acknowledging when I do some some dumb shit or something like that but yeah a lot of times and this comes down to like trying to crash or crash down all those narratives those ways of thinking that we um we picked up from other people and this this all goes back to the psychopath episodes like the stuff that we've learned and picked up we we live in other people's lives disappointments fears worries anxieties and all that other stuff but back to the clip uh it hurts me psychologically and emotionally to know i didn't live up to uh people's image and impression of me and I don't know when this Bama has ever been human in his life, because like he just said, he's always performing. He always has to live up to an image that somebody else has of him, not the image that he has of himself, but something somebody else has of him. And that will wreck your mind. I swear to you, it will. That will wreck your mind that you always trying to live up to an image of somebody else. And then playing roles based off of what you think that this these people in your life likes, loves, or accepts, thinks worthy, values, whatever. The work I'm trying to do is I am deeply remorseful. And I'm trying to be remorseful without being ashamed of myself, right? I'm human and I made a mistake and I'm trying not to think of myself as a piece of shit. Um, yeah, and that's, that's something that I do remember a lot when I was uh, younger just when I'll make mistakes and stuff like that. But that comes from, you know, my childhood and when I did make mistakes and stuff like that and how I was um, talk, spoke to, how I was treated, how I was punished, how I was made to feel because I just made a simple mistake as a kid. And that if I never got any reassurance or any or any type of affirming, of it being just a mistake or anything like that or you know i'm human or whatever that carried on so bad to the point where like i i don't know what episode it was but i was talking about how you spend so much time in this in this in this negative space that is not a true um reflection of a healthy mental and emotional um space of who you who you should be who you can be that once you finally get to the point of trying to heal if you ever get there you're fighting with a 
these many years of living in that that negative point of view that that one year that two years that three years of therapy is not going to <laughs> remove 20 plus years of the negative because it comes down to you picking up certain habits you being so um having certain things so ingrained into your mental and emotional space that you have to unlearn all of this and really actually accept the new things that you're learning and really believe it. So I would say to those people, I know it was confusing. I know it was shocking. Um, but I, I promise you, I am uh, deeply devoted and committed to putting light and love and joy into the world. And, you know, if you if you hang on, I promise we'll be able to be friends again. Just that last part, like the fact that he even put that in there, like if you hang on, promise we can be friends again and all. Man, you don't have to plead to nobody. <laughs> like, seriously, you made a mistake. Whether you wanted to apologize or not, you made a mistake, man. People going, people are fickle, period. People going to do what they want to do. People going to sit here and criticize you slapping them, then criticize you apologizing. You just, you can't control other people. You can't control nothing about other people. You can try all you want to. You can't control other people. You got to let it go, man. But yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it, healing is not linear. Like, just like you spent a certain amount of time picking up all that negative, toxic shit, it's going to be the same way if you get to the point where you start healing. You're going to be dealing with things like, like I said, that stuff never goes away. You just rise above it. It still is. It may trigger you from times. It may bother you, certain things and stuff like that. But you learn how to rise above it. And, hey, that's what you got to do. But let me move on to this uh, next clip. It was a viral clip. came from uh, T.D. Jakes. Um I got another clip, um, the the clip that actually made me want to record today is, goes along with this first clip, the TDJ clip, clip, but let me play the TDJ clip. This breaks all sociological order of the culture we're living in now because we are raising up women to be men. And you are not applauded for your femininity. You are applauded in the contemporary society by how tough, rough, nasty, mean, aggressive, hateful, possessive you are. And you are climbing the corporate ladder, but we are losing our families. I 
know you can buy your own car. I know you can buy your own house. But until you create a need that I can pour into, I have no place in your life. So stop <laughs> coming home bragging to me about how much you don't need me and wonder why I shy away. <laughs> oh, oh man. I'm kind of I'm actually shocked at this because a lot of a lot of churches and this is something that I want that I've mentioned before on past episodes but I wanted to do a whole show on it at one point how churches they do a lot of pandering to women and they they also um focus too much on romantic relationships as opposed to the relationship that you should be having with yourself um, cause ultimately the relationship, this is my point of view, the relationship that you have with yourself is the most, um, is one of the, um, the deepest connections that you can have with God actually. But you know, that's just my point of view. But yeah, I was actually shocked that he came out and said this, but I'm glad he did. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I've talked about this shit plenty of times before about, you know, uh, the, the masculine 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 <laughs> masculine energy with um with women and stuff like that and yeah it comes to the point with uh women are so entrenched into their masculinity their masculine energy that they're competing with men and i've talked about this so much when men the way men have been taught we haven't been taught to be into our emotions or express our emotions and stuff like that we only know two things and that's anger and competition and that that's what we that's what we think masculine energy is that's what we've been taught for masculine energy to be anger and anger aggression and competition so what what how have all of these women out here that have been caught up into their mad they're the extremes of their masculine energy what have they been showing anger aggression and competition competitiveness so it's like you sitting here dating what what physically looks like a woman but that energy ain't giving femininity <laughs> it's giving it's like you 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 dating or you with somebody that you hate that you're in competition with like <laughs> it's it's weird as hell but i mean hopefully his message helps somebody because he has a larger reach but i'm just like bruh like how many times do we have to keep having this conversation for people to learn and i'm pretty sure it's people that looked at this clip and was like whatever and all this other stuff like there's a lot of women out here that are on two on both sides of those energies, masculine and feminine, they on the extreme sides of it. You will have the most, um, you'll have a woman who will be showing ass and titties all over social media. The extreme of femininity, but her mentality is the extreme of masculine energy so you got physically that at femininity that feminine extreme 
and the men, but her mentality is the extreme of masculine energy. It don't it don't work that way. You know what I'm saying? And like he said, ain't no guy really be ain't trying to be with no woman like that. Will they sleep with her? Yes, they will. They will look at her and they will sleep with her. I don't understand why it's such a a confusion of to women and some of these um pandering dudes out here that don't understand how guys will look at the ass and titties and want to sleep with them but don't want to be in a relationship with them it makes total sense to me it makes total sense to me yeah all that stuff is good for to for the senses you know to get your senses off you know to satisfy your senses and your urges but a guy that really wants to be in a relationship a partnership you know to to have kids or be married to a woman they ain't trying to be with no no woman that's always showing the ass and titties granted there is some dudes out here because i know i've known some of these dudes but what i also known about these dudes that they are extremely insecure so they use these women as trophies they use them as trophies and then I know you probably saying, well, Dirk, there's some it's dudes out here having kids with some of these women. Yeah, they are. Because what are they doing? Satisfying their urges. And they're not going, they're not having putting all the precautions in place to not have a kid with them. So what in turn do you get? A broken home with hostility, toxic, madness, negativity all in it. Because the dude ain't really like the girl in the first place. So he ain't want he he want to have nothing to do with her other than sleep with her. But now he caught up into a situation where he got a kid with her. So now what is he going to do? Is he, he going to step up and actually deal with it? Or is he going to do the bullshit like some dudes out here do? So moving on to the clip that got me <laughs> got me riled up to actually record today but i appreciate td jakes for saying that because i mean it's real and this shit all starts with i will keep saying this this all starts with the this is classic willie lynch syndrome classic willie lynch syndrome when a feminine woman is in discomfort for too long she's going to naturally become masculine. This is the body's survival mechanism. If you're a man, you, your environment needs to be comfortable because femininity cannot thrive in discomfort. Masculinity can. Femininity can thrive like that. A woman who's anxious too long or uncomfortable too long, her body is going to make her more masculine so she can survive and defend herself. So if you're in a situation where you've seen your feminine woman turn masculine, she's not comfortable, bruh. You have to have the skills to comfort and be. Man, I just, I just had to stop it. Like, all this shit needs to fucking crash down. These narratives and everything. I I, I get what he's saying. But this is the problem with these little short-ass clips and these people out here pushing these narratives and pandering to women for likes and attention and shit. Yeah, granted, if you have a true... If you have a woman that is 
has a healthy balance of her masculine feminine energy and is truly, you know, in that divine feminine. Yeah, if a dude isn't making that space comfortable for her, yeah, I get that. It may, that masculine energy may come out where she um, retreats or whatever. But I also look at it like if she's really into, in her divine feminine energy, she just going to walk away. She ain't going to stay in it, period. But I think one thing that we got to stop pushing out here, and this is what I have a problem with. And I'm going to start the clip again. I'm going to start the clip again so I can stop right at the point that pisses me off. I'm going to start the clip again. When a feminine woman is in discomfort for too long, she's going to naturally become masculine. This is and this not the part, but one, I'm going to reiterate this once again. If a true woman that is in her divine feminine energy is in a situation that she isn't comfortable with, she will walk away because she has that confidence in herself that she knows that this isn't the place for her. Back to the clip. Body survival mechanism. If you're a man, you, your environment needs to be comfortable because femininity cannot thrive in discomfort. How can it not thrive in discomfort? Both energies are able to thrive in discomfort. That's how, that's the whole point of the energy being divine. That's the whole point of, of dealing with adversity. Dealing with hurdles or struggles. You're going to have moments of discomfort. You're going to have moments of, of adversity and hurdles. It's going to be struggles in life. That's what life is all about. But when we talking about, and this is the problem with, with people and the words that they use and and these short little clips and shit like that in the pandering and stuff. Because, like I've been talking about the past few episodes, that confirmation bias, that validation. And that's how a lot of times women get trapped in these these ways of thinking and stuff. Well, people, period. But we're going to focus on women right now since that's what the clip is talking about. It, because the, the title of the clip, it says, in order to have a feminine woman, you must provide comfort. Why isn't she already in her feminine energy? And that's what doesn't get talked about enough. A lot of these women out here that get into these relationships that have these these uh, negative and these toxic ways of thinking, they aren't already in their feminine energy. That goes back to the T.D. Jakes clip. They were raised not to be in their feminine energy. So they shouldn't be blaming the man. They should be blaming the people who raised them that projected all this stuff onto them and then at what point are you as an adult going to take responsibility for yourself that ain't talked about enough i remember right before i went to therapy my mentor said to me you're an adult now you can't blame your parents no more for the stuff that you went through that's on you back to the clip masculinity can femininity can thrive like see and then the 
Let me let me keep playing the clip. <laughs> a woman who's anxious too long or uncomfortable too long, her body is going to make her more masculine so she can survive and defend herself. So if you're in a situation where you. And this right here is, is once again, that narrative, pushing that narrative of that men are so tough that they don't feel any anxiety they don't go through depression they don't have any sadness etc 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 that men just thrive on this we thrive on adversity we thrive on trauma we thrive on hurt we thrive on pain we thrive on sadness continuing pushing that bullshit narrative that men's feelings and emotions don't matter. It just ain't women pushing this narrative. It's men pushing it as well. I'm going to get to that too on the next clip. You've seen your feminine woman turn masculine. She's not comfortable, bro. You have to have the skills to comfort and be comforting. You see what I'm saying? And I'm not saying that he's not right on that point. Uh, a few episodes ago, I made it a point to say that men have to start being more emotionally present for their women. They have to. And that comes down to men actually stepping up and becoming more emotionally mature and emotionally intelligent and stop buying into bullshit narratives like this, that it's OK for us to be tough all the damn time. That beauty and the beast narrative should have been played out back when we was kids. See, this is what I'm saying, programming. They program people to think this way. Join the Players Club VIP. Players Club. Man, shut that shit up. All right, um, on to the next clip that just shows, further shows how this narrative of men not embracing their feelings and their emotions, their feminine side, that feminine energy that is a part of all of us men. I don't have time to feel emotions. Why? Because when you're put in a certain position, you have to make sure everybody else is okay. It's a man's job to protect, provide, and love. But all that does is lead us further and further and further down the rabbit hole of thinking that we can take on everybody else's problems at the expense of our own. And eventually that leads to depression, that leads to anxiety, and without a doubt is going to lead to burnout, bro. We think providing solely means providing for everybody around us. And my definition of providing means being able to provide for yourself so that you can provide for others. You are basically the most important part of the equation if you think about it, right? Like if we go back to that and we think about who you have to be responsible for, all the different things that you have to do on a day-to-day -day basis, all the people that are depending on you. You cannot afford to reach a point where you're at burnout because if you hit burnout, that means that you're not able to provide for everybody else. If you And even, even the, what I felt was most important about that, that clip was Shaq in the beginning. Shaq saying that I can't have emotions because I got to take care of everybody. That, that's what really 
was attached to the last clip that I played. But then the the second part when the other guy was speaking. And I understood what he was saying, but until he got to that point where he started talking about how All right, let me find it. Let me find it first. Um let me go back to it. Uh because even though he's coming from a good place, he's still holding on to a certain part of that narrative that just isn't good. All right. Um, here we go. All right. All right. Here we go. And my definition of providing means being able to provide for yourself so that you can provide for others which is correct so here goes the part that i have an issue with you are basically the most important part of the equation if you and that's the wrong way of thinking and that 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 actually contradicts what he's saying beforehand because you're not the most important part of the equation equation you're just a part of the equation if you're in a partnership if even any relationship, family relationship, work relationship, or whatever, you are part of it. You play a role in it. You're just a part of the equation. You you don't have to be the most important part. You don't have to be the sole provider or the sole leader or whatever. That's what partnership is about. It's about working together. And that goes back, that goes all the way back to the ego shit. You feeling as though you got to be the most important part, that you got to do this and you got to do that in order for it to work or whatever. That you can't separate yourself from your ego or this narrative that has been pushed down our throat since we was kids in order to hear somebody else out, to hear another idea, to sit back and 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 follow uh someone else's direction or point of view or perspective or what the hell ever all this shit needs to crash down this shit is fucking annoying that these narratives are continuing to keep going and these conversations keep continue to going you just hear people talking but never giving no damn solutions on nothing people just want to yap 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 um I feel this way, I feel this way, you did this, you did that, but never no solutions on what you can do better and all that other stuff. <sighs> Let me see where I'm at. Um, uh, let, let me pull it. Well, I got I got enough time. All right. So just sticking with with, with the with the men, you know what I'm saying? I don't want y'all to think I always just be coming down on the women but all this shit honestly like even if i'm talking about a specific person or a specific uh gender or whatever all that shit comes down to everybody honestly because stuff everything has been crossing and blurring the lines so much lately that people just it's more convenient for you to point the finger as opposed to looking at it like this is a collective thing that's happening. But um, let me see if I can find um, that other part that I wanted to bring up that I had to do with the 
that last clip. I got it. Let me see. It's right here. Um, here we go. Right here. Um. Yeah. Um. And it, this shit, this this goes pretty much to everything I've been talking about so far, the will stuff and all that. But uh, it's a post that I came across a while ago. It says a few reasons why so many men never feel good enough. Uh, from a young age, you've been habituated to deny your own humanity. And, and that has been prevalent in these clips, like... And what I've been talked talking about for a while now, about how we look at ourselves or we've been taught to look at ourselves is that we can just take anything and just brush it off. We got to keep going. Just stop complaining and do it. Um, you are expected to be a lot of things. Feeling that you aren't meeting these expectations may cause you to question your worth and suffer often silently with self-doubts even if these expectations are unrealistic you are taught that showing self-doubt is a sign of weakness therefore you try and cover up in or compensate in other ways for wherever you feel you are good enough which are dangerous ways to manage your feelings and i mean we can say that's just for for men but like i said all this shit is both sides both sides everybody deals with this to some degree or have dealt with it some degree but the narrative has been solely based on men not being able to feel their emotions and stuff like this so it seems that men suffer from it more. And as I've stated plenty of times before, just because women are more uh, more in tune with their emotions doesn't mean that they actually have emotional maturity or intelligence. But they have a they have a way much more of a head start than than men have you know men only know maybe two emotions <laughs> or feelings um back to the post it says from a young boy you believe the lie that you must perform and work hard to be good enough for someone to love you which perpetuated a vicious cycle yes indeed um and and this this speaks a lot to a lot of the to the T.D. Jakes clip and was what I've talked about plenty of times before with a lot of these women um, being so caught up into their masculine energy that they feel that they need to prove their worth based on how much money that they're making, how many degrees that they have, uh, their uh, what bag they got, what car they driving, what shoes they. Um, wearing what vacations they going on this is i've seen it a lot like a lot of women trying to prove their worth based on um these external material um things you have back to the uh, post you have not come to the full understanding and realization of who you are 
and who you are created to be. Societal messaging, trauma loops, and the modeling you witnessed said that that what you produce, what you add to the thing is where your value lies. But that's another false narrative. Um, you surround yourself with people who are um, focused on the things that you are not doing well rather than appreciating and noting the things that you are doing well. <laughs> I'm laughing because, yeah, I've, I've known that too much in my life. Um, yeah. <laughs> you are expected to be a rock and an anchor and receive little to no affirmation or appreciation. Yes. While you are busy being everyone's anchor, you don't realize that you are actually drowning. Yes, because you're not filling up your cup. You're worried about everybody else and trying to prove something. And. These social media days, these social media times we live in just makes it worse and worse and worse. But, um, yeah. So I wanted to, I felt that that post was very important to um, what was already being discussed in this episode. Um, so I got time. I got time. For some blackity black. <laughs> so let me start off with this. Let me start off with this. Today, today, the Biden administration sending an additional $550 million to Ukraine. Quote, it brings to more than $8 billion, $8 billion in material and security assistance for Ukraine. Just since the invasion began. Eight billion dollars. But we suffering with high gas prices, high food prices, food missing in the stores, people losing their jobs. We in a, a recession, despite what the government keeps trying to tell people. They even changed the definition of recession. So to trick people like they changed the definition of vaccine they changed the definition of a woman they changed they just changing definitions they changing the narrative so think about if you aren't already a critical thinker fuck common sense because common sense is why we in this 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 shit now because there's too much common sense is not enough critical thinking but think about how your kids, your grandkids, your great grandkids are going to live with all this change, with all these changing of the narratives in order to push agendas and for people to make more money, to keep people um, just enslaved mentally, emotionally. Shit, some people enslaved still physically. Shit, they giving 550. $50 million more to Ukraine and motherfucking um, Zelensky over there in Ukraine. What is he, the president prime? I don't know what the fuck he is, but he's I guess he's supposed to be the leader of Ukraine over here having Vogue photo shoots. Him and his wife, they did a whole Vogue photo shoot, had the cover of Vogue, had a spread in the Vogue magazine 
your country supposed to be at war and you doing photo shoots in that country that's supposed to be at war. Man, give me a fucking break. I don't know how many times I got to tell y'all this. They are playing us. They are money laundering. They they hooking their boys up and all that other bullshit. Biden son out here smoking crack. Got deals with people in Ukraine. Got deals with people in China. The our government selling uh, gas to gas futures to China and all this other bullshit. It's just just total bullshit. <laughs> I mean, like I don't I don't know what else to say, man. This shit is crazy. You got the monkeypox going on. Shit, states are putting out emer uh emergencies. They talking about there's gonna be shutdowns again, the rumors of shutdowns. You got the monkeypox just mysteriously coming out of nowhere right around the time that the media and stuff is starting to act to, to finally start to talk about all these adverse effects that the the COVID vaccine has been given. You got Pfizer coming out with a, a HIV um injection medicine vaccine i don't know what the fuck it is <laughs> but i just seen reports just read reports on how the covid vaccine is i hope i saved it i hope i saved it <laughs> but basically i'm paraphrasing but the the reports that i read and i read several reports of this so it just ain't coming from no one source. Several sources coming out talking about how the COVID vaccine is giving you a greater chance to contract HIV. So then in turn, you look at these HIV lesions. They look very similar to these monkeypox lesions. But that's neither here nor there. I'm just going to move on from that shit. The this shit needs to crash down. But I mean, honestly, that's that's pretty much essentially what's happening. But they doing it internally. Like our system, the government, all that other stuff, that shit is 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 internally folding. But initially we're gonna we're going to suffer still. Because they're setting themselves up getting their money right, you know what I'm saying, putting their their stuff in place. So when it does fold, we gonna feel the brunt of it. Like we already feeling now. But um <laughs> this this story I, I I've stayed away for a while from it. And it's been going on for a while. But I just been sitting back watching it. I've been looking at people's responses on social media when it first started happening and stuff like that. Hearing stuff on the radio and stuff. This Britney Griner shit. <laughs> what made me want to touch on it now was the fact that Britney Griner is on the cover of Time magazine. <laughs> Bruh. <laughs> and this is what I talk about with these agendas and these narratives and how they be trying to play on people's emotions and their fears and stuff like that. It is uh it is it is a a certain amount of people out here that is 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 fighting for Britney Griner's uh release from Russia. 
that ain't nothing wrong with that. You can do whatever you want to do, right? But it's it's some of these people are so bent out of shape over her being over in Russia in jail. And I'm like, bruh, and this is what I've been thinking from day one. And I wasn't surprised at people's responses because particularly in the black community, because this is what we do. We always trying to free somebody despite the fact that they committed the crime or they've been alleged of committing the crime. We don't never wait. We just always team free whoever up front. Brittany Griner is in jail because she broke the law. I'm going to say this again. Brittany Griner is in jail in Russia because she broke the law. Point blank period. She broke the law. <laughs> I don't have nothing else to say about that. She broke the law. Come on now. We spent so much time trying to free everybody else, but never trying to free ourselves. Trying to free, nobody trying to free their mind. Nobody trying to free the people who actually <laughs> ain't commit a crime it has been proven not to commit a crime, but we always want to free somebody who actually committed a crime or strong evidence of them committing the crime. <laughs> and this is what I talk about, like even going back to last episode about the Black Panther 2 trailer and the recast uh, T'Challa movement and stuff like that, that they know they know how to to pull on our, 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 our emotional strings, our mental and emotional strings in our community. <laughs> Whether it's death or in jail, death or jail, they, they gonna, they gonna play them, they gonna play them violin strings, they gonna pluck them guitar strings, they gonna pull on them strings to keep us in that space where we can't see nothing else. That's all we that's all we can come together for. Is a is a damn funeral, somebody dying or or being trapped in, in that in that death mindset or that jail mindset. Or that 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 free somebody from jail mindset. Come on now, think about it. Use your critical thinking skills. Think about what our community is always wrapped up into. We use it as a damn term. Death or in jail. Death or in jail. Death or in jail. Death or in jail. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Man. God damn. Her ass broke the law. But people talk about some free her. It's messed up that she in jail. She broke the law. <laughs> I understand it's just weed. I get it. I get it. It was just a, a weed vape. I get it. But she wasn't over in the U.S. She was over in another country, a place where you definitely should be more vigilant in not trying to mess up. <laughs> I swear, boy. Oh. <laughs> oh, my goodness, bruh. Oh, man. Um. Let me see. It's some more blackity black shit I want to talk about. Yeah, man. And what is this shit right here? 
with this stuff where and my social media got us wrapped in a chokehold. We would do anything for likes, attention, or whatever, bruh. What is this shit with making these videos, putting your kids through this anxiety of let's go outside and fight somebody. Somebody trying to fight me. Come on, let's come outside and help me. Why are you putting your young child in that mind frame to be on guard and to always be trying to fight? And I'm speaking from experience. That's where I got it from. I have always been on guard and ready to fight. It gets on people's nerves how I always be trying to tell them, check the room, make sure you you look for this, make sure you look on that. Because that's how I was brought up. That's how I was taught. I was taught to be I was taught to be too damn street vigilant. <laughs> To the point where it's made me, it made me super paranoid. I still go through, I still got that mentality today, honestly. Like, I'm always on guard, on point. That's why it it sort of speaks to why I became the the quiet person in the room. Or the, because I, I've seen, I've seen and heard everything in that room before it ever reached you. I've already picked out the people who is I need to watch out for. I need to pick the people who uh, <laughs> I can't trust. I pick the people in the room that <laughs> is a liability. I've, I've found all the exits. I've come up with 10 different scenarios on how I'm going to get out of a situation, who I'm going to go after first if I got to go after somebody, et cetera, et cetera. Why are y'all putting y'all kids through this? And I understand being a black person, not just a black man, a black person. We have been, we have PTSD and we have always to a certain degree been on guard and particularly you know, in the past few years when things have been more uh, televised, whether on social media or the news, you know what I'm saying? So I get it. I understand. But come on, man. Let these kids be kids, man. Let these kids be kids. <laughs> oh, man. Blackity black. Blackity black. Speaking of the inflation and the recession shit, I'm going to play this clip right here because this is an example of the bullshit that they trying to keep and hide from us. I never thought good news would be so bad. Target came out today and said, yo, we got so much stuff in inventory, we're going to have to put it on sale. I know some of you's like, where's the bad news? Here's where it gets interesting, though. This is the second time Target has come out stating that their forward guidance is not looking good with their profit margins because of inflation. So as we move forward, they're saying, yo, people's not going outside spending money. Economics 101 will tell you if people are not outside spending money, then the businesses are not making money in order to pay their workers, which means they're going to lay off the workers. And if you lay off your workers, they're not going to have money to spend at the stores. And the cycle goes on all over again. They keep talking about a recession's coming. That joint is already here. It is already here. Don't don't be believing that bullshit that they trying to feed you for for votes and shit. That joint is already here. Already here. 
Yeah. Um, I think I'm going to end it here. I'm only an hour and 35 minutes in, but I think I'm going to end it here because I got to use the bathroom like crazy. I got to pee like crazy. But, yeah. I appreciate y'all <laughs> listening to the episode. Man, I'm going to play the same damn song that I played on the intro. Crash, crashing down by Sir. All this shit need to crash down. These these fucked up narratives about relationships and partnerships and love, this, this, the government, these systems, all this shit need to crash down. This is a Taste to Consider podcast. Uh, make sure you follow me and listen to me, download all that stuff on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Amazon. My blogs are up on greatestiamblog.com if y'all feel the need to... Um, share my my podcast and all that other stuff yeah i appreciate you and all that other stuff remember i'm not on social media right now i don't know if this is a temporary thing or a permanent thing but i'm just not feeling it right now matter of fact i might come back next episode and just go into to some in-depth um conversation about why i'm not on social media no more all right let's go taste to consider podcast Taste to consider podcast. I'm your host, Dirk Silver, and we out.